alien spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system. Hello and welcome to the... 36th annual Subliminal Deception Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory bullshit. My name is Cody. I'm joined by my pal Phil. How are you doing? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Not doing too bad. Um, Let's skip the weather talk because uh, it hasn't snowed here, so there's nothing too exciting to talk about. But I did want to bring up the splendid documentary I was watching before we began this podcast and... (laughs) Have you watched the Flat Earth documentary on Netflix? Uh, no, I didn't know there was a Flat Earth documentary on Netflix. Uh, yes, you should. I would recommend if if you're anybody's feeling down, you need something to cheer you up. You need a good laugh. Fire that bad boy up because my God, they are. I was trying to figure out like the the psychological dynamic of these people. And I think I have a theory that. They just can't accept that they can be proven wrong. I I think that's what it is. I'm not entirely sure. I think the main guy in the show, um, Mark Sargent, and then there's this other lady who does a Flat Earth podcast, and they just love the celebrity they get from it. They just, they love everybody, like, coming up to them and shaking their hands and all this shit. And now I've realized I really, really, really want a uh, research Flat Earth shirt. Not that I believe in it, I just want to wear it around. Yeah, they are really cool shirts to have, like, people who ironically wear them. Like, the 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 guy on Joe Rogan podcast, uh, young, I think it's young Jamie, he was wearing a t-shirt that said, a uh, flat or shill on it. Oh, really? That's yeah, pretty sweet. Pretty funny. No, the, the very last fucking part of the movie, this guy's trying to do this light effect to prove that the Earth's flat, right? Yeah. Uh, and it fails on him. Ooh. And it, <laughs> he was like, okay, if it's flat, we'll only need to do this. But if it's round, we'll have to do this. And he's like waiting for it. He's like, I can't see the light. Can't see that. He's like, why don't you lift it up? And then the light appears and then the document just shuts off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> proving nice. right there that it's like, ooh, this guy put all his eggs in the basket and he just proved basically that the earth is round. And of course, now he's like, oh, there's just trees in the way. That's why. Blah, 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 blah. It, it's, uh, it's worth a laugh. It's pretty funny. Yeah, the thing that I love about those flat earthers is, and all like the super crazy conspiracies, the people, I can understand, the people who make money off of it, they have a financial reason to keep this afloat. And I get it. The power of money. Like, you can be paid to believe a lot of things. But the people who don't have, like, a financial stake in it, they feel like they have one up on other people. I know something that you don't know. You know? like <laughs> Yeah. Well, the creepy thing was, when I was watching it, you know, um, being someone who's into true crime and all that, obviously, I've heard a lot about cults. And I'm not going to say they're a cult, but when you're watching them at the conference and they're getting so excited that the kid in their school is starting to question what their teacher's saying, 
about around Earth, I'm just like, hey, they're like high fiving them and shit. I'm just like, Ugh, yikes. Yeah, a little bit of that mob mentality <laughs> definitely goes into it. Well, let's uh, let's clear the elephant out of the room here, Phil. So obviously, Minnesota lost to Iowa, um, and they yes. have <laughs> fucked up their undefeated streak, which they'll probably not get back for another 40 years at least. So I'm sure you're happy about it, though. Yeah, I was pretty happy. Uh, I was kind of thinking it would be great if uh, Iowa just kind of like tossed that game because they really didn't need it. They were at three losses. They don't uh, have a chance at going to the Big Ten Championship. That would actually seal the fate of Wisconsin also not going to the Big Ten Championship. <laughs> but it is nice to see Iowa get a win. It was nice to see them actually try yeah. hard for once this season against a top 25 opponent. So you know what I was nice. What I was thinking, because I'm I'm obviously a lot more into the NFL than college, but you always hear that when teams have an emotional victory, right? Like they say like the Vikings like three years ago when they had the Minneapolis Miracle or even last week where they beat the Cowboys who everyone said they weren't going to beat and whatever. And then it's just like the next game, like they just there's just no like energy. There's no... Like, I don't know what it is. And like, I don't, I'm not saying Minnesota did that, but you know, obviously beating Penn State was a huge thing for them. And then it's just kind of like, I, I don't, is it a mental thing you think or like what? I think that there could be a lot of things. Um, like you said, it is emotionally draining mm. to have that storybook win that you always like dream of having. You get that story. That's almost like winning a championship was beating Penn State for Minnesota, especially a team like Minnesota. I mean, they're really they're in the West. They're in the Western Division of the Big Ten Conference, and they've really been a bottom three team for since the division was born, basically. <laughs> so yeah. for them to for them to get that win was pretty big. I also think that seeing like the big bad rival like that always beats you on the other side of the field, and being in Kinnick Stadium might have also had something to do with it. That could be. I I don't know. It's like. <clears throat> not that I was not good, obviously, but uh, it's just kind of a, it's like a weird phenomenon I've noticed with teams a lot. Like they just, they get that really big victory and then it's just like the following week, just something's not right about the team. Like, I, I did you watch the Vikings game last week? No, I didn't. I didn't catch that one. Did you hear about it? No, not really. I don't really? pay a lot of attention to NFL. Okay, so they were down uh, 20 nothing, right? And then basically mm -hmm. in the fourth quarter, they scored like four touchdowns and won the game. So, <laughs> and it's something like that hasn't happened. Okay, what was it? In the last five years, teams that have done that are 0-99. So. <laughs> oh, know? yeah. Teams that have been in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like, I, I don't know. It's just something, some something weird. I, I don't know. But, uh, but anyway, um. I've heard you mentioned that you had a uh, a good story to tell. Yeah, kind of. Uh, I've been noticing, like, so I've been going down to the bars uh, downtown Gilbert out here. Uh, it's right next to where I live in Mesa. And, like, I've been noticing the same, like, weird people kind of hanging around. Um, I'm, I'm going to the bars with uh, some of my family members, and uh, my older brother lives right around there. So a lot of these, like, they're older single dudes. I'm guessing they're divorced or whatever, but they always seem to come up by brother because he's also like, he's also in his mid to late forties. 
And they're always talking to them, and they all have the same fucking story. <laughs> like, every fucking one of them thinks that they are the pimp daddy of downtown Gilbert. Like, mm. yeah, they're one of those. So, of like, those they're dudes. like, they're like pointing at all the ladies in the bar and be like, oh, yeah, she wants me. Is that what you mean? Oh, yeah. Yep. That's definitely all of them. Yeah. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> a, so, we had a run in with one. Uh, it was actually right after the Iowa Minnesota game just outside the bar before we went in um, after the bar that we watched the Iowa Minnesota game at this dude was like sitting there. He had bummed a lighter from my older brother and he's sitting there bragging about all these chicks that he sees and tries to tell us is like his game. And I'm just standing there like listening, like trying to hold back like my laughter. You know, I'm really bad at like facial expressions, like giving away too much. He's sitting there talking about his game plan and like, Oh yeah, my big trick is, I go and I walk right up to him and I, I meet all of them and I say hello. And then I write down my phone number and give it to the, give it to the lady. That way she can't just throw it in her phone and forget about it. And I'm sitting there like just with the vape in front of my face, like trying not to burst out laughing. (laughs) This guy, it's every single fucking one of them. He's at one point, he's talking about how his neighbors are weirded out by him because of like all of the women who are in and out of his house. So, (laughs) God, that is so fucking cringy. You know, yeah. I have a little problem because, like, those people, I just kind of, like, play along with them. I'll never forget yeah. there's a one. There's this one night, uh, it was outside of a bar, and this guy comes up, <clears throat> and he was asking all these questions, and I'm just like, yeah, man, we've been, we've been dropping so much acid, and all, like, I was telling him how fucked up I was, and, like, I have all these drugs at home. Like he was believing everything and I just kept going on and on and on. And then he, then he went leave and I'm like, all right, you got to go now. (laughs) (laughs) This is a dangerous game. You can't fuck with them too long. But uh, yeah, yeah, interesting people outside of bars. That's all I can say. I don't know why, but they're always weird and they always want to talk to you. Yeah, I was telling that story to a buddy at work and he's like, you know how you can always tell a dude who doesn't get laid much? And I'm like, What's that? He's like, ones that talk about how much they get laid. He's oh, like, yeah. That's basically the best way. And I was like, yeah, come to think of it. <laughs> I've known plenty of people in my life who are like that. <laughs> it's it's sad, but true. Well, yeah. any, anyway, Phil, we uh banter time is complete. Now I need you to take over the floor and uh, and lead us on this week's conspiracy. What do we got in the bag this week? Well, uh, I'm going into conspiracy about possibly you may or may not have heard of him. Uh, could be a lesser known singer. Have you ever heard of Elvis Aaron Presley? I have heard of him and I've heard good and bad things about him. Yeah. So I am going to go into the life, death and conspiracies of Elvis Presley today. Fuck That's going to yeah. be my podcast. Hell yes. Let's do it. So Elvis Presley was born on January 8th, 1935, to his parents Vernon and Gladys Presley in Tupelo, Mississippi. Really? I thought he, for some reason, I figured he was uh, born in Tennessee. No, uh, I'll get into that a little bit, but he was born in, I'm not sure if I'm saying the name right, but Tupelo, Mississippi. So Elvis's twin brother, Jesse, was actually stillborn, and after Elvis's birth, uh, his parents had no other children, making him the only child. Okay. Now, Vernon Presley, basically, throughout his life, he had many different jobs, and he was never really that great at holding them down. Uh, so this is why Elvis grew up in poverty for most of his life. 
Okay. Yeah, I, I'll be honest, I don't really know that much about Elvis's upbringing, so uh, this is pretty intriguing, actually. It's funny, his parents literally have the most generic, old-time Southern names. Yeah, they do. Um, I was actually not, I was going to kind of gloss over his, like, youth and get right into his singing, but actually his youth is kind of like, I didn't, I've never heard anything about it, so mm. I thought I'd start with that. Uh, so it was discovered early on that Elvis was musically inclined. That's when he began singing with his local church choir. On his 11th birthday, Elvis received his first guitar, and this was bought by his parents with the financial help from his uncle Johnny uh, and the pastor at the Assembly of God Church, mm. which is the church that his family went to, uh, Pastor Frank Smith. So I'm guessing when he was singing at church, he probably wasn't doing the demonic hip thrusts that we know him for later. Yeah, I'm guessing that those were a few years away if he was <laughs> holding it down in choir. Can so. you imagine being in a world where that was like, oh my god, that is so overly sexual. He's thrusting his hips. Yeah, and then could you imagine transporting those people who were saying that shit then and taking them to like, what was that, Miley Cyrus? When she oh, was, yeah. Uh, Remember when she first came out in her, like, I'm a big girl now concert? Yeah. I was she say, comes out basically naked. I was going to say, take him to a fucking Guar concert. Do you remember Guar? Oh, yeah. The demonic <laughs> ones. Yeah. <laughs> Those are great. The uh, Beavis and Butthead episodes were awesome. Hell yeah. So basically, Elvis uh, only learned a few chords of the guitar. And this was mostly because he was such an excellent singer that he really never needed to use it. Though he would later on use the guitar to play rhythm uh, during the 1950s. I'm I'm going to be honest. I didn't, like, I know he carried around a guitar, but I just figured he just kind of, like, he didn't actually use it or he didn't know how to use it. He just kind of used it as like, hey, I'm a musician. I have a guitar type of thing. Yeah, I thought about it, too. And then I realized, like, all of the times that I've seen him sing, you always see him like with a guitar, especially in his younger years, but you never really see him playing it, but you do see him like making the motions like he is playing it. That's true. So I never really, I don't really remember ever seeing him actually like holding it and playing like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's always just around his neck. Well, I mean, so. I feel like there's a lot of artists who they might not know how to play guitar, but they have one around and maybe like play a rhythm or maybe it's not even plugged in. I don't even know. Probably some of them in that case, it's the latter where <laughs> they just don't even plug it in. <laughs> There's actually a person in the back who can actually like play, play well. Yeah. Yeah, probably. So at the age of 13, the Presleys moved to Memphis. Uh, this is where the young teenage Elvis Presley would be exposed to new musical influences like Southern country and African-American blues on top of the gospel music that he had already grown up with. Now I'm maybe I'm jumping ahead here. Maybe you're going to mention this, but like that's a big thing that a lot of people don't know. And apparently Elvis even said to himself that he basically stole music from black musicians yeah, that's uh, that's kind of a little bit of – well, nowadays especially it's a controversy uh, yeah. looking back at him because a lot of his – he basically took like black music and made it like mainstream. Yeah. Well, I mean even think about back to like when we were doing Selling Your Souls to the Devil. I mean basically though that guy who we were talking about, uh, his music's not that far off from like Elvis's. Yeah. You know what I well, mean? Well, I mean, 
That's yeah, that's the thing. Elvis probably would have listened to his like records. Yeah. But he I think he time. did I think in the end he did openly admit he did that. What's that? Elvis did? Yeah, Elvis did. Oh, I didn't read anything about that. Oh really? I, I've I've heard that he actually admitted that maybe he didn't quote unquote steal it from him, but they were definitely his influences. Oh, okay. So Yeah, it does make sense. Yeah. Especially in Memphis back then. Oh yeah. He would have Back in, I think, the late 40s, early 50s, he would have been, like, there'd have been a shit ton of musicians around, Memphis especially. Uh, Quick side note before we go into further here. So I was watching uh, Anthony Bourdain's show, No No Reservations, right? And it was the episode where they go to Memphis, and of course, he's hanging out with fucking musicians everywhere. And he goes to, I think it's Jack White's house. You know who Jack White is, right? Yeah, the White Stripes guy. Yeah. And in his house, he has a machine that the band plays and then it instantly makes a vinyl record. Like, I think it's an antique machine. And he claims it's the only way you can get true live sounding music or whatnot. And I'm just like, Jesus, that is the ultimate. I mean, it's cool. It's very cool. But that is the ultimate hipster device right there. I was just about to say that. Like, that is like the Ark of the Coven hipster fucking relic right there. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's great, though. Yeah. That's, well, I mean, you could imagine, like, if you took a, like, a normal hipster off the street who thought he could play and you gave him, like, $10 million, I could see them buying something like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So do you think Jack White would lead the hipsters across the desert for 40 days and 40 nights with this vinyl making machine well they would all go their own way and claim that they made it first oh yeah so i don't know they like, make exactly jack, how it work jack your path is too mainstream i'm not taking i'm taking a different <laughs> way to the promised land yeah and even though like one of them has to get their last they'll claim that they got there first <laughs> or no they came fashionably late <laughs> <laughs> ironically <laughs> So after graduating from L.C. Humes High School in 1953, Elvis worked as a truck driver to save up money for studio time and began his musical career selling 20,000 copies of his single, That's All Right Mama, signing with Sun Records. Never heard of Sun Records. Uh, Are they still around, do you know? I highly doubt they're still around. <laughs> if they are, they probably had about 10,000 name changes since I, then. I was going to say, I for some reason, I was like not surprised at all that Elvis was a truck driver. Like, I could see him as a truck driver. Yeah. <laughs> it would be a little weird <laughs> to see like 18-year-old Presley, like just out there in a truck. That'd be kind of kind of odd. <laughs> with, the, with the fucking... Imagine, like, with the hair and the square jaw and the fucking Elvis suit on, mm. like, <laughs> pulling up to a truck stop. Well, maybe if he didn't die so young, then he would have, uh, maybe that would have been his, like, secondary career. Yeah, or possibly it was. We might get into that. Ooh, foreshadowing. So, in, uh, in 1955, he was topping the country music charts and reached the top of the Hot 100 in 1956. Closing out the 1950s with great success, dropping singles such as Blue Suede Shoes and Hound Dog. Oh, yeah. Everybody's heard those fucking songs. Yep. That was when he was at the top, like tippy top of his popularity. Was that in the 40s or 50s? That was uh, coming up on the 60s. So that was between between 56 and 60. Okay. In 1958... Elvis joined the army, and while stationed in Germany, 
he met Priscilla Baleu. I'm pretty sure I said that name <laughs> wrong. Uh, she was 14 years old at the time. Ooh, I... yeah. I didn't real. I didn't know that until I started <laughs> studying the shit. Yeah, she lived in Germany with her mother and her stepfather, who was an Air Force officer. Mm. So she and Elvis met in 1955 after a friend of Elvis, Curry Grant, and this is a little creepy, walked into the Eagles Club in Stuttgart, Germany, and asked if she wanted to meet Elvis Presley. How so old- she told- What's that? How old was Elvis at this time? He would have been uh, 24 years old. 23, 24. Ah, okay. Continue. A little little (laughs) weird. Uh, So he told her that he and his wife were going to drive to go see him. So on a Sunday night, she, Curry Grant, and his wife drove the 40 miles to meet Elvis where he lived off base. Uh, And Elvis supposedly was immediately taken with the 14-year-old girl and even sang her songs to impress her. Oh, God, I I get it was a different time, but oh, my God, that is yikes. Yeah, that's a little a little <laughs> weird, especially the the weird thing is like the weirdest of all that shit. This dude just like basically it's like an, uh, what I imagine it's like the enlisted club in Stuttgart, Germany. And this like adult man just walks up to this 14 year old girl and asks if she wants to drive with him for 45 miles. To go meet Elvis Presley. Like, that's just such a weird, like, it's it sounds like a fucking episode you guys should do. I know, right? Like, usually when you hear these scenarios, it has a bad outcome. Uh, do you think maybe this guy didn't know how old she was? It is. I mean, it's possible, maybe. Uh, I did see a picture of her, and she did look pretty young. So he might not have known exactly, or it might not have been a big deal. I mean... Germany that's is true. a little bit different with like the age thing. Yeah, so. that's that's true. Um, yeah, I guess I I just always feel like maybe it's just modern times, but I feel like when a lady is fourteen years old, it's pretty obvious she's a young girl. Yeah, well, I mean, even in America back then, like I can I've heard that my grandpa married my grandma when she was like sixteen, and he mm. was like in his early twenties. Well, but the thing about it is they grew up together. Like, they knew each other their whole life. Yeah, that's true. Well, you know my grandpa and grandma. My grandpa, I think, was 38 or 40, and my grandma was 18. So, And he went to prom with her. So, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, I probably shouldn't be talking about family history, but uh, whatever. <laughs> that blows my fucking story out of the water. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you knew that. I thought we've told you that. That's like a... Funny family story. You probably did tell me. I just probably forgot. <laughs> but <laughs> oh, that's a crazy story. Yeah, every time, like when I was thinking about the story, I just imagined like uh, for Murd Up, uh, Holly oh, yeah. and Daniel. That's usually when Holly starts not just mentioning dates, but also like exact times. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, like that scary fucking true crime shit. Yep, yep. But uh, obviously, we know these two had a happy future ahead of them. Yeah, well, yeah, pretty happy. So they would eventually marry in 1967, and they would have one daughter, Lisa Marie, in 1968. Mm. So Elvis was on the decline up to that point. Uh, Really, the birth of his daughter kind of 
like turned things around and he made a huge comeback that year, uh, which lasted pretty much until his divorce from Priscilla in 1973. Okay. I didn't know they got divorced. I knew about Lisa Marie because I'm pretty sure she's still alive. But uh, Priscilla's still alive, too. Oh, is she really? Okay. Yeah. All right. So Elvis and Priscilla's relationship uh, really fall back in 1972. And that's when Priscilla left him for her karate instructor, Ooh. Mike Stone, <laughs> yeah, which Elvis recommended to her. Oh, that's, uh, oh, goddamn. All right. Yeah, this sounds a like a better, one. this sounds like a better version of the karate kid. Yeah. And I do have to point out that she was an adult at this point. Okay. So she left him for her karate instructor, not as a teenager, as an adult. So, okay, all right. Just clearing that up. So she wasn't like just 16 and left him for a karate instructor. No, she was uh she was into her 20s at the So, <laughs> at least yeah. at least leave your husband or wife for a fucking like uh taekwondo instructor or jiu-jitsu instructor or something, not karate. Come on. At least like a champion, not just yeah. an instructor. Well, I mean, he <laughs> It's funny, that guy's name is literally so... Like, if you were to go to a goddamn dojo, I expect to find a Mike Stone there. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> that's. It's also such a name that's like... It's almost like one of those porn names that, like, people just come up with, like, a pseudonym for themselves. Yeah. What's well, your name? Uh, Mike Stone. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, now since we've been... Uh, ta- we talked about Pokemon last week, and I started... Instantly started playing the goddamn game again. I think I'm going to catch a Pokemon, a fighting Pokemon tonight and name him Mike Stone. Oh, it'd be a good name for a matchup. Yeah, there we go. I'm playing Pokemon White, so they don't have him in there. But they have other ones kind of like him. Oh, did you buy White? I, I have had it for a while. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the one I have. It's a good one. So after the divorce, getting off on Pokemon. <laughs> so <laughs> after the divorce, Elvis would struggle with his weight and addiction to pills. Mm. Uh, though he still sold out tour dates up until his death. Uh, he died at Graceland on August 16th, 1977. He died like a patriot, I know that. He died on yep, the shitter. I'm, I'm just about to get off of that, get on to that <laughs> one. So uh, he allegedly fell off of the toilet and supposedly had heart problems mm. uh, while on said toilet and crawled towards the door with his pajama bottoms around his knees, Ooh. trying to call for help. So maybe not the best way to go, but he died like a hero. No, it, I I was thinking about like, is this the worst way to die in your own home? And then I remembered he, that dude who had the belt around his neck who was jerking off. Ah, like, David. That's Kerrigan. probably the most. Yeah, that's probably the most embarrassing. Yeah. Way to go out. Yeah, possibly. Um, I don't know if you know for certain, but. I was always told, uh, I don't know if Elvis was on opioids or barbiturates, but from what I heard is he basically had taken so much much of them and people who are uh, opioid addicts or whatever, they get severely constipated and yes. basically that's what caused his heart attack. Yeah, I was going to go into that a little bit as possible causes, um... In just a tiny bit. Okay. But yeah, that is, I mean, it really was an all of the above situation when you're talking about like what he may have put into his body at that point. So, you, so we can talk about it right now, but yeah, that's oh, one I, of the reasons. I was I was wondering if you knew 
if they had identified what the drugs were. So there is going to be one that I go into right after we talk this. Okay. But there is the first conspiracy I'll do actually like right now is I'm going to say this really quick before. So Elvis was found dead in the mansion by his fiance, Ginger Alden, uh, just hours after he had passed. So he was found dead on the floor. Uh, by his fiance Ginger Alden, which I really didn't find out much information about. What what year was this? Nineteen seventy seven. Okay, so he he had divorced her for about four years now, if I'm following your timeline correctly, and he was about to get remarried. Yes, well, he had been engaged to this woman for I think probably close to about three years. So right after he got uh, right after the split in seventy two. So she was already Priscilla was already dating a man. Uh, mm. He immediately started dating another woman, uh, left her, and then began a relationship with Ginger Alden, and pretty much like immediately asked her to marry him. Oh, like, okay, all right, right off the bat. So yeah, I can't imagine Elvis had too many problems with uh, finding a lady. Like no, I imagine once it hit the papers, they were lying <laughs> around the fucking. Like City of Memphis, Dude, pretty much. People still today go nuts for him. I don't know if he was actually that attractive or whatever, but people love him. Yeah, if he was alive today, which would make him like, God, that would make him almost eighty something years old. I think he was born in thirty five. Yeah, it's, yeah, it would make him like eighty, eighty, not eighty four. <laughs> but like people, he if he got divorced, he could probably find like. Uh, fucking gold digging like 23 year old <laughs> easily still i feel like if elvis was still alive obviously he had a drug problem and i feel like he would have just his legend would have been diminished because of things that would have happened after you know like, oh yeah say yeah you know what i mean like a lot of people say that like about kurt cobain or some of those people that if they were still alive today it would kind of tarnish what they had done prior to that because they would probably do something that a lot of bands do and just like never just retire and they're on tour for 30 years and just you know what i mean yeah it's almost like with him and kurt cobain and a few other ones it's almost like their downward spiral was kind of cut short by their own death they still had a long way to go before they hit rock bottom yeah so yeah, one of the big things, like you just mentioned, uh, he did have a ton of drugs in the system. Supposedly, uh, the reports on it are a little bit murky, but he did have drugs in his system at the time. He also really uh, did not watch what he ate. He didn't exercise. Mm. He was said to be 250 pounds Ooh. when he died, which back in the 70s was big. <laughs> like people nowadays are are big big but like back then if you saw somebody 250 pounds you'd be like holy shit like he probably wasn't muscular big he was probably just like big big do you know how tall he was uh i think he was about like six foot okay like yeah that i mean that's a big for a six foot per maybe if he's like six five or six six he'd probably be okay but for a six foot person that's uh that's a big boy yeah i'd have to look up his exact height but i know he was like taller Mm. So, yeah, I mean, really, like you were talking about with the drugs, it does constipate you and that can have like terrible effects, like prolonged constipation on your like blood flow Mm. and like all it can like put so much stress on your heart, too. So, yeah, well, like uh, my grandmother, uh, rest in peace, she she would get 
ball obstruction sometimes, you know, from like her intestines kind of like wrapping up or whatever. And yeah. it basically start your organs start shutting down. So it's like if you're not pooping, you know, that you, you got to be pooping. That's all I'm going to say. If you're not pooping, yeah. take something and make sure you're pooping because everybody needs to poop. I don't care if you're embarrassed or not. Everybody's got to poop. That's a nice public service amount. I'll <laughs> yeah. <speak> there. <laughs> hey, everybody, take time out of your day to go. Take just. Uh, it's so true, don't though. To poop, kids, <laughs> I'll just be like, think about Elvis. You're you're worried about stinking up the bathroom. You want to end up like Elvis Presley. That's what I'm gonna start telling everybody. Yeah, dead on the floor with your pajamas around your knees. <laughs> <laughs> That's more embarrassing than a little bit of a stinky bathroom. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the coroner at the time actually said that Elvis' arteries. Uh, he said that he had the arteries of an 80-year-old man. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of speculation that Elvis didn't actually die from heart complications or from eating and pilling himself to death, though. Uh, so for years after the divorce, he had been basically, uh, as I mentioned, not living a very healthy life. And it could have happened that an overdose occurred. Okay. So... He had been illegally prescribed pills and really was unhappy and his career had gone down the shitter. His personal life was not really like what it could have been. Uh, it wasn't as bad like as it wasn't rock bottom, but comparing it to like the highest point in his life, it seemed pretty bad. So, yeah, I can only imagine if you're like on top of the world like he was for many years and then you're kind of starting to become forgotten about kind of like that's probably a hard pill to swallow yeah and this is what led a lot of people to think that like maybe he didn't kill himself like immediately with the overdose and drugs but also possibly it could have been an overtime thing mm. where he eventually just hated life hated the fact that he was getting old and just ate pills to did all the drugs up until like knowing that it would cut his life way short yeah knowing that he would die young yeah so. okay that's true his friends and people in his entourage were asked, like, why didn't you help him? Why didn't you, like, confront him about his addictions? And they all kind of said, like, really the same thing, that if anyone had confronted Elvis, like, he truly was the king. Like, they would have been shown the door very quickly. Mm. Yeah, so you're saying Elvis ran with an iron fist, kind of. Nobody was going to tell Elvis what uh, Elvis could or couldn't do. No, supposedly he was, like, the boss. Like... Mm. No one could have gotten through to him about his problems. I, I don't know if you were going to mention this either, but I remember hearing somewhere that he, I think he literally referred to himself as the king. Yeah, I have. I don't know if all these stories are true. Uh, there's <laughs> one part in the Dewey Cox story where he he meets like Elvis, the big bopper and Buddy Holiday. But when he meets Elvis, he's doing all the crazy kung fu shit. And like he refers to himself, I think, in the third person as the king. Yeah, like, <laughs> dude, I've, I'm pretty sure I've heard that before about Elvis. Like, he referred to himself in the third person a lot. Yeah, well, I mean, when you have that kind of fame, like, when you are... A lot of people, you think of, like, a famous person nowadays. Like, they're pretty famous, but there's a lot of famous people. Like, That's in my true. mind, he, like, at the time, he was, like, there was only a few famous people, and he was one of them. Yeah. You know, like, mega famous people. So... When subliminal deception blows up and we get famous, Phil, are you gonna? I'm. I mean, I'm only talking in the third person. I can promise you that. Are you gonna? Are you gonna as well? 
Dude, you know, I, I only talk in the third person right now. <laughs> it's all the time for me. Yeah, people at work are a little freaked out, but yeah, it's a pretty good life, actually. I just imagine that I'm like super famous. And then, you know, it's that whole, uh, what's that fucking self-help book? The the Secret. It's mm, that. I just, yeah. I just imagine that I'm super famous and then it's all going to come true. Yeah. You need to watch the documentary about that guy too. On it used to be on Netflix. I don't know if it is anymore. Where he's trying to exp- when he killed those three people. Yeah, it's kind of. I think I may have seen that. Yeah, one. I've seen the problem is I've seen so many net murder documentaries now they all just jumble together. Well, he let me clear it up. He didn't technically kill him, but he tried to force him in this like sweat tent and wouldn't let him out and then they died of dehydration <laughs> yeah so That's... he's pretty in my mind he's kind of responsible for killing him i believe that's negligent homicide so yeah <laughs> that's, yeah that's that's it that's murder right there but <laughs> so another uh getting back into it so another thing that could possibly happen with uh the drug and overdose theories Elvis Presley had uh, an allergic reaction, supposedly, to the drug codeine. Okay. Uh, I actually suffer from the same issue. Uh, I didn't die from it, obviously, but when I was younger and I took it, I it made me trip balls really hard all night long. It, it was the weirdest thing I can... It was like I was having an out-of-body experience. It was terrifying. So yeah, I don't yeah, take codeine anymore. Yeah, I do remember you telling me those stories. And you say that uh, like you had like some relapses like, after that, like where you would wake up and like, what was it, the TV yeah, would be coming at you? Yeah, it, it always felt like the TV was kind of like breathing. It was really <laughs> weird. I don't know how to yeah. explain it. It was not great. That's pretty fucking crazy to have that happen from a like, non-psychedelic drug. It's pretty, yeah, pretty yeah. Weird. Well, I know any. I do know that anybody, if you take enough codeine, you will have the same effect. But uh, yeah, the the codeine is not. Uh, I don't have a good uh, time with it. Yeah. So in the book, the death of Elvis, what really happened? Authors James Cole and Charles Thompson II wrote that. All of the speculations about drug overdoses and suicide were all false, and that a prescription for codeine, prescribed by the dentist Dr. George Nicolopoulos, is what may have uh, taken him down. So, like, he took, he was allergic, obviously, and he took too much and it killed him? Yeah, so they claim that the toxicology reports cited that the singer had 10 times the recommended dosage of codeine in his system. Oh. And that the codeine, along with the other drugs in his system, would have been a lethal cocktail that killed uh, Elvis Presley. Okay, well, I mean, that's kind of plausible, though. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, if you have 10 times, like, the amount anything in your system, I mean, 10 times the amount of water in your system will kill you. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. It's pretty much anything. Well, I was thinking if he he overdosed on codeine and then already had the other drugs in his system, yeah, it's not real great for your heart. Yeah. They uh, claim that Elvis was abusing drugs because he didn't want to face the reality that he was aging uh, and that the days of the young king of rock were all behind him uh, and that he was really just starting to get fat and gray. And I mean, it happens to everybody. But when you're coming from a point where Elvis was, like I was saying before, it really 
is really going to hit you pretty hard. Yeah, it's a tough reality. Yeah, and they say that that's basically why he was just pilling himself up, Mm. was just to take the pain away from past glory. Yeah, I could see it. So next up, I'm going to get into uh, some of the conspiracies that say that Elvis actually faked his death. Oh, okay. Let's get into it. I love these. Yeah, so the first one is that he was just tired of his own fame. So there are speculations that Elvis had grown tired of his own fame and that he wanted out of the spotlight for good. This would have caused him to fake his own death and escape Graceland, along with the city of Memphis, leaving his old persona behind and living the rest of his life, hiding in plain sight in the public, or possibly hidden away on an island with other supposed famous people that have also faked their own death. Run, of course, by Barisatiro. Okay. All right. Yeah. So yeah, he who, would be the governor in that situation. Who are some of the other celebrities? Like, are we talking like Tupac? Are we talking Biggie? Are we talking oh. any any celebrity basically that faked their own death? Yeah. Any any celebrity that like dies long before long before their time and who like went out like at the height of their fame. I think it's there's Tupac, there's Biggie, Kurt Cobain, uh, JFK. Supposedly lives on that island. Just a lot of, you know, anyone basically that people loved claim are still alive, like living on an island, the Caribbean or somewhere nice, you know. Yeah, I really think uh, I'd want to move to a island of celebrities who fake their death and have to watch uh, fucking Elvis with his catheter and poop bag at this point. That sounds terrible. Yeah, really, if you think about it, it is plausible. There were, well... So people probably haven't seen this television show. There was this old TV show. It was a sci-fi show called Sliders. And it was kind of like Quantum Leap where this group of people like went to different realities, alternate dimensions. And in one of them, one of the group of um, parallel dimension sliders, actually, he was a singer. And in one of those dimensions, he had become super famous and actually faked his own death. So when he slid into that galaxy, everyone thought that like he had come back to life. Oh, okay. That's yeah, kind of that's neat. what it kind of reminds me of. It's kind of a neat. You love that fucking show. Yeah, I love uh I watched like no one I've I always try to talk about it, seen it, but it's a pretty good one. Mm. So basically, I mean, really if you think about it, he had been famous for 24 years at that point, 23 years. That's a long time to be like huge in the public's eye. I yeah. Mean, they also claim that like Michael Jackson could be there too. So <laughs> it's one of those other big ones. He, well, he he probably wasn't sick of the fame. He's probably, I don't know, sick of people accusing him of being a pedophile, even though I kind of think he was. Um, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think everyone thinks he was. <laughs> When I when I think about Elvis, though, I can't see him doing that because he kind of sounds like a man who really, really loves himself. That's why you get upset about not being famous anymore. Yeah, that one also kind of like that rings a little bit with me, too. Like someone who loved the fame so much, he still tried to look like he did back in the, you know, the 50s and 60s when he was in his 40s. He obviously like he also did like love his privacy, though. He, just like anyone else, he kind of wanted, like, a life to himself. So, I mean, I could see it and I couldn't see it both at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? I mean, anything's plausible. I'd assume he's dead by now, if that's yeah. the case. I actually, I don't put a lot into it, but I, 
It could. It, 1% maybe. So. Yeah, I was going to say, you're going to give it the old Phil 1%er? Yeah, it might be a 1%er. <laughs> so there was also um, possibilities that Elvis Presley was in the witness protection program. Now, this is kind of, this will lead into my someone killed Elvis Presley because this is a double one. Okay. Um, All right. So I'll just go through the whole thing and it'll be kind of like the lead into the next one also. So Operation Fountain Pen was an investigation into the selling of bogus securities during the 1970s. And the claim was that Elvis would be testifying at some point in court uh, after he had been wrangled in with these criminals. He was working with federal agents at the time of his death. So is this like where you you... Is this like extortion security where you like you see in a mob movies where they like oh go to a business and say hey you pay us money to protect we'll protect you from our us or whatever? No, no, this was like securities, like exchange, like the financial securities. Oh, like okay, Wall, Wall Street type shit. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, they'll definitely kill you. Yeah, so the mob <laughs> was supposedly selling like the fake, like basically think about them as like stock. Okay. Like they were selling fake stocks to people and they were doing it in the United States and overseas in order to get like the jurisdictions mixed up so that no one would take control of these cases. They actually uh, kind of got a lot got away with it for a long time. Okay. Okay. I okay. It's making sense now. Yeah, so the theory is that Elvis was supposed to uh testify in court, but his life was in uh in danger. Uh, it also claims that Elvis Presley had done some other undercover work for the FBI. And because of this, Elvis needed to go underground. And this is why they faked his death and uh, got him the fuck out of there, basically. Mm. feel like it'd be really hard to hide Elvis. Like, even witness protection, like, he can't just turn into, hello, I'm Barry Satiro. I'm uh, just moved to Ohio. Like, I don't think he could hide that easy. Like, he's very recognizable. Yeah, you would almost, you would have to change everything about you and the way you speak. And that also could have been why he was putting on all the weight, though, too. That could be, too. Is there Maybe pic- he was just getting to be a fat guy. I would say, is there, is there pictures of fat Elvis? Yeah, there's pictures of uh, Elvis all the way up until he's dead. Hmm, okay. He, uh, he wasn't like what we think of like as a, everyone thinks of him as like a gigantic fat guy. He wasn't like a huge fat guy. He was just a severely overweight. I don't think he was on. I don't think he was like at the level of obesity yet. So that's probably you're probably referring to as what we would call husky. Yeah, he was definitely a husky individual. <laughs> he was not. He wasn't like the dude you see in Burger King who gets stuck in like the bathroom stalls. Uh, he was he was just a normal like bigger dude, like an average sized guy who's over six feet tall today. Would it be inappropriate to call him Big Boy? Uh ooh, he <laughs> might karate chop you in the neck if you call him Big Boy. <laughs> you just chop your, you just cut your head right off of the karate chop. <laughs> I said, call me the king, goddammit. <laughs> what if he just that was the worst Elvis impression? Maybe he he got witness protection and he opened up Burger King. Nah, huh? Maybe he, that was him. He could have. Then it would make uh, it would make sense why King call me the king. Oh, he means just the franchise. <laughs> so this also kind of like I said goes on sees that someone killed Elvis. The theory is that Elvis was given codeine on purpose, uh, even though that he was allergic to it, in order to cause a severe allergic reaction that would look just like a regular drug overdose. 
Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's feasible. They just told him it was like a Flintstones cough syrup drink or something, and then he drank it and died. Did the Flintstones vitamins come with heroin those days? <laughs> it could be. It could be. Like, Elvis, this is the greatest heroin you can get in the country, dude. Just, is it supposed to come in liquid form? Ah, oh, don't worry about that. Just pound it. It's great. <laughs> God, my kids are acting up. They're so wild. Here, give them this. Man, now they're really down in the dumps and just laying around. Here, give them this cocaine tablet. That ought to fucking, that ought to fix them up real good. <laughs> they keep asking me for a dollar for some reason. Why are they always behind the alley? I don't understand. <laughs> so the claim is that uh, Elvis's testimony, which I mentioned before in the Fountain Pen uh, scandal, along with his father Vernon's testimony, would be damning in the case against the mob. And that Elvis, uh, like I mentioned before, had also worked with the FBI on an undercover basis. And this really sealed the fate. Him on the toilet, you know, overdose. Dead. Yeah. So he drug his he drugged Vernon into this too? Yeah, so apparently Vernon um also was going to testify in the fountain pen scandal. Now the two men that plotted the security scam, they were both given ten years each. The FBI also made some other arrests uh, surrounding the Fountain Fountain Pen scandal. Uh Vernon's testimony did help put those two men away. Really? Okay. Huh. Yeah, the thing about it is uh, the FBI claimed that Elvis never did any undercover work for them, which is exactly what the FBI would say. Yeah, I was so. going to say, of course, they would say that. Yeah, obviously. So the next uh, killer that I'm going to or possible, I should say alleged killer, <laughs> Elvis's manager went by the name Colonel Tom Parker. Now, there's a lot. Uh, I could do a whole fucking episode basically about this guy's mismanaging of Elvis's funds and uh, basically his entire act. So there's also speculation that Elvis fired manager Colonel Tom Parker and that even though he wasn't at Graceland that night, he may have hired someone to kill Elvis mm. uh, as he was definitely on the outs with the singer after years of messing up his career and holding him back from uh, doing what he really loved, which was acting. I, I feel like I've heard of this guy before. There's a lot of like allegations. Apparently, this Colonel Tom Parker like skimmed off the top a lot of money. There's also speculations that... Anything Elvis really wanted to do, he didn't want him to do it because he just needed him to make a quick buck. So it was like, no, don't go that, don't do that movie. Go on tour or make cut a new album or do this or do that. Yeah, like he looked the other way during the whole like drug abuse shit, like everything. Mm, okay, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, this guy seems like he might have a reason to kill Elvis. Now, is he actually a colonel? Or did you just call him Colonel? I believe they just called him Colonel. Uh, I think it's one of those Colonel Sanders type things. Ah, okay. Everyone just calls him Colonel. Okay. Could have Colonel Sanders killed Elvis? Did you put that in here? Dude, I mean, fried chicken definitely had some. So, obviously. <laughs> he's a big, he's a bigger guy. So He is. So, I mean, that is one of the people who may have, like, had a beef with Elvis. And he definitely would have known that like he was allergic to codeine yeah. or like being his manager, he would have known like what he can and cannot have, especially when you like are managing someone who's taking like all of those drugs. That's true. 
If you think, if you really think about it, ten times the amount of codeine you have to, you know, ten times the amount you should take, that motherfucker must have been chugging that goddamn bottle. Yeah, I don't, I mean, it's one of those things, I was thinking, like, it might be that his body just doesn't sit at all. So maybe he was taking it for, like, two days, and it just racked up, you know? Nah, that could be, like, too. I don't know exactly, like, how, I'm not a fucking pharmacist, I don't know exactly how <laughs> drugs work. But, like, in order to have, like, ten times the amount, like, you're right, you'd almost need it, like, injected into you. Yeah, I don't know, or, like... They put it in something else, and he was already so fucked up, he didn't even realize he was taking it. Yeah, they might have, like, cut it with whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I just imagine <laughs> walking around just rattling like a pill bottle. <laughs> <laughs> You're Elvis, Elvis, Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a cat. You jiggle your medicine bottle, and he'll come running. <laughs> yeah. So my next one is, uh, this is actually, I didn't really find anything on this so i have to like lay that out up front this is kind of one that i had in my own head like doing research okay priscilla may have killed him okay all right um so go ahead. i i made that i gotta say like this is just a theory and i made this up completely in my own head so take her away yeah so even though they were divorced elvis and priscilla were still raising their daughter together lisa marie and they uh, really did remain close now, what if Priscilla saw how the 42-year-old Elvis was spiraling down the toilet, not handling his money well, taking large amount of pills, and basically eating himself to death? Also, no longer making new tracks, and uh, even though the his recording studio in Graceland was set up by his label just to get him to like record new tracks, he still only used it like twice. Hmm. So so after. Oh, I was gonna. I was just gonna say I was gonna go down a different route where maybe she was. Well, I was gonna say maybe she's mad at, about the divorce, and then knowing that he was gonna get remarried, she knew she wouldn't get maybe any of his money and killed him. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I was actually just about to go into that. Okay. So so after his death, Priscilla took control of Elvis Presley Enterprises. She was the one who turned Graceland into the most highly visited attraction in Memphis, Tennessee, and steered the estate away from the horrible management that Colonel Tom Parker uh, basically had driven it towards after like years of mismanaging Elvis's affairs. Mm. So now what if like Priscilla either poisoned Elvis or messed up the dosage of his pills or snuck in the codeine? causing his death at the young age of 42. She would have basically looked at the situation that he was about to remarry his new fiance, Ginger Alden, and she would have been completely cut out of everything if he had died, say, a few years after. See that? Yeah, that's a good point. Although I feel like Priscilla, since she probably knows Elvis really well, that she could have told, or she could tell that he was already probably going to kill himself anyway. So she maybe she just played the long game, even if she was involved. I'm guessing she probably wasn't. But if she was, she probably knew this motherfucker's going to accidentally OD anyway. Yeah, that could be true, too. I mean, definitely the situation would be like you would have to, like right after he planned his funeral, you would have to take all of the business away from Colonel Tom Parker. Yeah. All of the people who are like listed in the list, he doesn't like take all of that money away. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it was just a little theory that I came up with. I didn't actually, I did Google it to see if there was anything. And I found absolutely zero Google hits. So <laughs> if, uh, if it does become a big uh, conspiracy that, uh, that came from right here. I think, but, I think people probably like Priscilla and probably don't want to think that she killed them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, uh, I have absolutely no proof and very little evidence for that. So, so I'm going to move on from that one. At the funeral, the pallbearers were seen to like struggle really, really hard with the coffin. Uh, it supposedly weighed 900 pounds. Obviously, he didn't weigh that much. And there is a belief that the coffin weighed so much because there was a cooling system inside. And this was possibly to keep the wax replica of Elvis from melting. Okay. All right. I feel like that might be a little obvious. Like, wouldn't it, the machine be making noise? Yeah, you would think so. Also, I mean, really the weight of it, like it'd have to be made out of concrete to weigh that much. Yeah, I know, 900 pounds, that's quite a jump from, what, 250? Yeah. So funeral goer uh, and Elvis Presley's cousin Gene Smith claim that his nose looked kind of pudgy looking <laughs> and his right sideboard was sticking straight out. It looked like about an inch. Okay. And he also claimed that his hairline looked like a piece or something that was just glued on. Okay. So this guy really believes this is a wax sculpture of Elvis. Yeah. And this kind of ends uh, basically what I was talking about from before. I didn't really like, I kind of just jumped into it. So this goes into the Elvis sightings conspiracies. Okay. So basically it is believed that inside the casket wasn't really the dead body of Elvis Presley, but like a wax replica. Okay. And that's what this all gets into. All right. Do those wax like sculptures of celebrities melt that easy? I know that they have to be temperature controlled, like hmm. those buildings that they put them in. Okay. I've never been to a wax museum, if I'm being honest, and I actually really want to see one. Yeah, it would be really cool to go to one. Um, I have heard that like you can't just like have them out in the open. They do start like wax, obviously. If you keep them yeah. in the sun, it's it's gonna get gonna melt. really rubbery. Yeah. yeah, melt a little. Guess what? One of us will have to go to a wax museum and see if it's cold as fuck in there. Yeah, that's true. Well, we both live in big cities, so <laughs> we could probably figure that out. I don't out know if quick. I don't know if the Twin Cities has one. I've never heard of one. I imagine they have one. There's a. Mm. Uh, I believe there's one in Phoenix. I don't know if it's like a Madame Toussaint's or whatever that name is. Mm, I don't Madame know. Tussaud. Maybe it's worth a Google after we get done recording here. Yeah. So along with that goes the most famous part of all in the Elvis conspiracies is the Elvis sighting. Mm. Now, there's been a shit ton of Elvis sightings throughout the years. So on the day of Elvis's death, a man that looked just like Elvis is said to have tried to buy an international ticket out of Memphis airport en route to Buenos Aires, Argentina. Okay. All right. Why do they always go there? I don't know. That's where all the fucking Nazis were, <laughs> is Argentina. Yeah, it's like, I, well, why are they always going to Argentina? I don't know. If all the Nazis went there, it must be a good place to hide out. Like, <laughs> But everyone found them there, so it's mm. not that great. Nah, that's true. So using the Elvis pseudonym John Burroughs, which Elvis used many times when checking hotels, supposedly he tried to buy a ticket and leave town, and this was on the day of his death. Okay, so did he attend his own funeral and then left, or did he just people just spotted him leaving? No, no, this was this was supposedly on the day of his death. 
If he would have oh, left town, gotcha. he wouldn't have made it for a theater. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So, so the biggest problem with this is that at the time, Memphis inter- uh, Airport didn't have international flights. So we got a liar in our midst. Yeah. Somebody somebody just claiming, I seen it. I seen the tornado. Couldn't he just get a private oh, plane? You would think so. He owned his own jet. <laughs> Why would he fly commercial and like allow everyone to see like some guy who looks just like Elvis? I don't flying know. out. No idea. I wonder if he brought his own fucking peanut butter and banana sandwiches. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot he loved those, didn't he? Yeah, I think peanut butter, bacon, and banana, but mm. I'm not exactly sure. Mm. So do you remember the movie Home Alone? I do. Now, some people claim that Elvis can be seen in the background as an extra in the movie Home Alone. Okay, alright. So as the mother is begging to buy a ticket home back to Chicago to go back to her son. This is the part where John Candy offers her the ride. Do you remember that part? Yeah, I remember that part. So supposedly in the background, one of the extras is a really tall guy. He's kind of bigger and he's got a beard. And people claim, I looked at the picture and I looked at a picture of like Elvis, didn't really see that much of resemblance, especially in the nose. (laughs) But people claim that that's just Elvis with a beard. Mm. I'm going to have to look this picture up. Uh, I have a feeling it probably definitely doesn't look like him, but uh, it'd be interesting to see it. I mean, with a beard, it's kind of hard to tell because like a beard, a beard disguises facial so well, but especially like a bigger beard like this guy had. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, really in the nose is where you can tell like it's not Elvis Presley. Mm, okay. So it was probably just a guy that looks like Elvis. Or people really just, like, wanted to see it, you know? Well, I just keep thinking, like, there's so many fucking Elvis impre- impersonators, or personators, I mean, like, goddamn, so many, there's so many people who look like Elvis, who obviously aren't Elvis, like, uh, Kurt Russell, he's played Elvis in, like, three movies. He kind of looks like him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, what is there, like, El- I think it's, uh... Well, there's obviously a bunch in Graceland, but Las Vegas, there's a shit ton of Elvis impersonators. It's like all those little, like, the wedding chapels. It's almost like they all have Elvis impersonators there. Or mm. that's according to the movies. <laughs> but Well, I can tell you, uh, I've never been to Vegas, but say when I was on Holly- in Hollywood and Hollywood uh, Boulevard or whatever, <clears throat> there's so many of those motherfuckers in costumes like Spider-Man and all of them. It's just like, they're really annoying. Just, like, leave me alone. I'm not giving you money. Yeah. The only time I went to Hollywood uh, was at night, and there wasn't any of those people there. It was mm. all just the uh, homeless people. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, you got to go during <laughs> the day. Yeah. Some of them were probably also wearing Spider-Man suits and shit, too. But mm, It's true. <laughs> so there have also been claims that Elvis has been living in Michigan all of this time, working as an Elvis impersonator. And you can see, basically... There's pictures people have taken where there's a guy who looks just like Elvis and he's eating at Burger King or he's out buying coffee or doing all this other shit. And it's a guy who looks like Elvis, but you can tell it's, you know, probably just somebody who works (laughs) as an impersonator because it's not like he's a dude who looks like Elvis and dressed in blue jeans and a T-shirt. Yeah, it's a guy who looks like Elvis with the Elvis hair and like the jumpsuit and shit. And he's an impersonator. Yeah, he's obviously an impersonator, but people claim, oh, shit, it's Elvis, you know? I just feel like Elvis 
if Elvis is going to be an Elvis impersonator in Michigan, I can't imagine he's making that much money. Yeah, exactly. Especially just hanging around, you know, like, what do you do? Just like wait for parties where people need to like show up as Elvis. <laughs> it's not like there's any big like attractions where you can go take pictures with people. Yeah, you know? I, I, I don't know. That's a weird one. Yeah. So there's also another one. Uh, there's a groundskeeper at Graceland. And a lot of people have taken pictures of this dude over the years. And supposedly he looks like a lot like an Elvis who is just an older man. But I imagine it's just some dude who kind of has a striking resemblance. And they've people have been looking at pictures of Elvis all day. So, See, this is the one that I've, I've heard before. Now, I didn't know if you're going to bring it up or not. But yeah, Elvis is actually a groundskeeper at uh, Graceland. I've... This is the one I've heard before, but I think you're right. Like, the guy might kind of look like him, and then they're looking at Elvis fucking forever, and then they're like, oh, is that Elvis? And, you know. Yeah. There's also a bunch of old pictures, too. Um, people have taken pictures at Graceland, like, and they claim, like, oh, shit, you can see Elvis's face in the window here, or he's still at Graceland. And I imagine that there's a bunch of pictures of Elvis, even before it turned into a museum. Yeah. Like, you can just figure, like, oh, he's probably kept a lot of pictures of himself around. Mm. And there was probably just, like, reflections on the window yeah. of Elvis and, you know. Yeah. So people are basically saying that they're seeing a ghost of Elvis. Yeah, it's either the ghost of Elvis or they're just kind of seeing, like, some guy who looks like <laughs> Elvis in the windows. So Could be Nick Cage for all we know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's good that he's getting work these days, but, <laughs> you know. Nick Cage has got a resurgence. He's uh he's in a few good movies lately, I think. That Mandy yeah. movie, he's uh a lot of people really liked him in that. How long ago did that come out? I've never heard of that movie. Uh earlier this year, I believe. Um do you you have Amazon Prime, right? I think it's free on Amazon Prime. Oh no, I don't have it. It's like no, a I'm... the reason people like him in it, I think, is because he can basically just be crazy. Which is his best character, and it's just kind of a, it's more of an artsy horror movie film. It's basically him killing cult members, and it's got all these like psychedelic lights in it, and all this. It's it's oh. it's okay. I didn't like it the first time I watched it. I need to rewatch it again. But some people just fucking love that movie. Yeah, I haven't uh, haven't ever heard of that one. That is kind of true though about him. Every single movie he does, he always reverts back to kind of like wild, crazy person for at least like one little part of the movie. Yeah, and that movie basically allows him to be fucking crazy. So, yeah, just look, the whole time. Yeah, look on it. Look if it's on Amazon Prime. Give it a watch. You might. I mean, you might really like it. It's. I mean, I can't lie. The like filming of the movie is insanely good. Yeah, I've heard from a few people. I need to get that. Yeah, but you might like it. Yeah. Yeah, just to, uh, well, just to wrap this up quick. So reasons why people really can't accept Elvis's death or like any other famous person's death, uh, no matter what the cause is, Elvis really, he did die young. Unexpectedly, he had a legion of fans and really it traumatized a lot of those fans. Even like people who used to be fans of him after he died, like all the memories came back. Yeah. So rather face the fact that perhaps like the really just horrible dying on the toilet way <laughs> that Elvis Presley died. Like they do not want to accept that. They would yeah. rather 
come up with some kind of conspiracy. No, no, no. He's still alive or what he was murdered or this or that. Like it can't just be, he was in really bad shape. He was taking way too many drugs and he died trying to pass a shit. Yeah. I was going to say, I think this probably goes for everybody that sometimes when you have heroes or people you look up to or people that you love, uh, I think sometimes you forget that everybody is mortal and they can't just do as many drugs or whatever as they want and expect to survive. And I think when people find they're like, holy shit, Elvis is actually fucking dead. Like it, it's really hard. It's a hard pill to swallow when you've kind of put him up on a pedestal for so long. But in the end, everybody is uh, human and everybody is susceptible to drug overdoses and all that shit. So. Yeah, everybody is mortal with the exception of Barack Obama, of course. Okay, yeah, he's the one person that that you cannot kill. Uh, The invitation's still out there, Barack Obama. (laughs) Anytime, anyplace, Phil and I will gladly communicate with you, do an interview. We love you, and we just want to know your secrets, Mr. Satiro. So uh, great. Now, Phil, if Mr. Satiro wants to get in contact with us, where can he do that? Well, he can drop us an email at subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we love hearing from people who listen to the show, and it'd be great to get messages. Also, if you want to message us, uh, Instagram, Subliminal Deception Podcast on IG. That's actually the best way to get a hold of us because I actually I check that up every single day. Uh, we ha- both have our own uh, individual podcasts. Mine is SD Pod Phil. I never check it and do not post. Cody, you have a few of them? <laughs> uh, by the way, I think you you meant our personal Instagrams. You said personal podcasts, but uh <laughs> Oh, personal Instagrams, yeah. It's been a long it's been a long fucking day. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, it has. So, uh yeah, search for uh SD Phil or my personal one is Cody Sabub on Instagram. You can find my other podcast, Bumblebub Podcast. And your favorite podcasting application if you like true crime, paranormal, all of that shit. Uh, the last thing we need to do, need to have you do, is to log on to iTunes and leave our show a five-star review. Uh, doesn't matter what you say, just type something in there. Um, right where you saw Elvis last, that's all we need. Uh, I have a feeling somebody might leave us a negative review for ripping Flat Earthers at the beginning of the episode, but... When you listen to Subliminal Deception, that's going to happen. We are a very yeah. cynical conspiracy theory podcast, so, and I don't care. That People is, seem to like it. That is true. I mean, one of our, like, we need to have, like, our big, maybe our 50th needs to be flat earth. Hell yeah. It needs yeah. to be, like, a two-hour special. That'd be great. We are currently, what, 13 episodes from that after this, so. Be oh, pre- shit. Be prepared, Mr. Flat Earthers and Mrs. Flat Earthers, so, uh. Anyway, uh, yeah, if you could just leave us show a five-star review, we'd greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much, Phil. This was an awesome episode. Uh, Elvis is a man of mystery, and I actually learned a lot about Elvis, and I think a lot of people will as well. So we'll see you guys next week. All right. Thanks, guys. 